welcome to Wands and Fronds, the bi-weekly through Labor Day podcast, uh, where we talk about magic, herbalism, and more. I'm Shannon. And I'm Nick. And we're your co-hosts with the most. Um, so, y'all, we're, we're kicking off this very special season midway through the season. Um, but I'm going to be talking about Lion's Mane, and then I'll let Nick get into the, like, juicy topic of the week. So we're doing uh, Magic for Gemini's part two of the Zodiac series, part three. Yeah, y'all. It's yeah. this is this is one where we're recording in the morning. So I didn't. I don't know what day it is. I don't know what time it is, and I don't know what part of the Zodiac we're on. But I know it's Gemini. We're talking about Gemini, y'all. Also, maybe hear like more background noise for me because we are recording in the morning. So Eric is actually getting ready to go to work upstairs. So I'm downstairs with Willow. And all of the overcast craziness from outside has, I think, made the animals a little wonky because the sun is just not working in Los Angeles this month, like, at all. Normally, May gray and June gloom, like, burns off part of the way through the day. It almost never does this season. Like... It's like we're, living in fucking Seattle. No, we're going through that in Texas too. Like I looked at the 10-day forecast and there's literally some rain every day. Yeah. We went to Walk Willow this morning and it was just misting. I was like, well, all right. I guess we're not taking a full mile walk with her because I don't want to look like a drowned rat by the time I get home. Oh, no. Um, but what are you going to do? So, but before we get into it and before we talk about like monkey ball looking mushrooms and like the other mercury sign um let's talk about when you felt magical this week well i did have a very nice moment this week and i sent you the picture of that bc sticker yes oh my god that was like a fucking throwback but it was so funny because I really did feel that, you know, it's like time is so circular and it's like I was hanging out in Hyde Park. Okay. But in, but you know what I mean? But instead of wandering around being a hood rat and like being so high on drugs that I'm like flopping around in people's yards, I was like at a nice restaurant enjoying an Aperol spritz. Yeah, that's growth. I, you know, I was out on the patio in my little J. Crew summer outfit, drinking an Aperol spritz in Hyde Park, and I was like, "Oh, wow!" I'm a grown up. You know, if if like 2012 Nick saw 2023 Nick, um, he'd be like, "What a chode!" <laughs> and you're like, "But I know now that I am just a, a sophisticated witchy adult." But I also am like, if 2023 Nick saw 2012 Nick just blitzed shit on LSD wandering around through people's yards, um, I think I would still be delighted. Yeah, how did we not get arrested? And then I remember that, like, 10 years ago, Austin was a lot more chill. Yeah. Not yeah. even, like, honestly, at this point, like, 13 years ago, Austin? No, I just remember that time that I was tripping so hard that we just like sat in in Hyde Park in these people's yard and stared at their stained glass door. Like you do. And it's like, 
and it was we were there for like over an hour and it's like surely there was people inside like enjoying their dinner like oh yeah that these people are high on acid just staring at our door i guess we'll wait for them to go away like we're fucking raccoons or something like <laughs> Yeah, no, honestly, but you're right. I think there's something about having been that person because if someone did that, like in my garden here in LA, at first I'd probably be like, huh. But then I'd be like, I'm just gonna let them go and see how see how this plays out. Oh, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, for me, I was so I took a, a magical trip to Barnes and Noble. I know they're a big corporation, <clears throat> but whatever. I love bookstores and I live across the street from the Grove. And they had a double points day uh, for Memorial Day weekend a couple of weeks ago. So whatever. I went and I found two books. The first book that makes me feel so seen, um, it's by Carrie Connor called Conjuring with Cannabis. And honestly, I adore this book. Um, also, Carrie Connor doesn't look like you might expect a woman who wrote a book about cannabis witchcraft to look, which I love even more. Um, yeah, like, she looks like a, she looks like a sweet aunt. Yeah, she looks like your sweet auntie. Um, but it has like spell ritual spells and rituals, like making magical bong water, uh, <laughs> making like using moon charged rubbing alcohol to clean your pipes and things. And honestly, like I just I love it as a witch who doesn't drink, you know, I think we've talked, I was talking with Nick about this and I, I know, I think one-to-one -one for like any sort of libations, like you can always use cannabis, but there's just so much focus on like magical wine and like pouring one out for the gods. And it's like, okay, but like, what about those of us who don't drink? And this book was like, I see you. Um, and I just adore it. But the like really actually like super magical thing is y'all know I've talked about Cindy Brandon's um entering Hecate's garden on this podcast many times like I love Hecate she's like one of the first goddesses that I feel like really reached out to me and she and Cindy Brandon has this book that I knew about but just hadn't ever come across and hadn't bought called keeping her keys which is it's an introduction to Hecate's modern witchcraft but really the book is more of like a course. So it's meant to do like these lessons over 13 months and a day. So like a full year and a day. Um, so I haven't started it yet because she suggests starting it on a new moon. And of course I bought it right before a fucking full moon because like, what is timing? But I'm really excited to do this. And then I was at the House of Intuition, this like cute little magic shop in LA with Eric. And then I found this journal after I had already picked up this book and it has a fucking like gorgeous wolf howling at a full moon on the front of it. Like, but it's, it's in leather. So it's not like, like weird nineties. It's like, you know, magical I, as fuck. I I also love the kind of like steampunky lock. Oh yeah. It's got this gorgeous lock on it. And the back is like this really pretty like texture. And then when you unlock it, the paper inside, first of all, it's like that continues. Like, look at that fucking gilding on the leather. But then the inside is all like handmade paper. Like, and I I got this journal to use for my year and a day doing Hecate and witchcraft. And it it smells like fucking incense. <laughs> and it was just like so great because I was like, I'm really excited to do this course. And I needed a new journal because I am a Virgo. And when they suggest a journal, I can't just use one of the journals that I've started for other things. I have to get a fresh journal. 
and, and I'm sure and I'm sure that was so upsetting for you. Yeah, you know, it was so upsetting. As I'm sitting here with my other like moon phases <laughs> journal that I just use for my tarot notes, like y'all, I have so many journals. It is such a hilariously accurate stereotype for Virgos. But because I'd gotten off on my like journaling with my tarot, I'm like, my last entry from this is fucking July of last year. So y'all, this this past year has been tough. I gotta get back on it. Um, but yeah, so that was like my magical book tour for the last like two weeks, which again, sometimes I'm such a Virgo. It makes me laugh at myself. Um, but whatever. I love books. So are you excited to talk about mushrooms though? I am. I love when we get to do a, a little fungal moment. Yeah. Uh, me too. And this one's fun. So lion's mane. I feel like lion's mane is one of those mushrooms that's like really in right now like i feel like i see lion's mane everywhere and culinary wise it makes sense because it's it's like a bit more of a delicate mushroom texture so often like the most common way i've seen it in like nice restaurants is using lion's mane for like vegan seafood substitutes like oh yeah like dishes and stuff yeah 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 well uh you know and i know we probably mention her every episode so let's just keep it going but um, Alexis Nicole, a.k.a. Black Forager, and Appalachian Forager both have lion's mane recipes that are kind of scallop medallion-y. Yeah, yeah. I've, the scallop medallions with it are super, like, popular. I found this cool recipe for, like, a faux crab salad using lion's mane. And one of the things that I'd kind of be interested to try is, like, a faux crab cake with lion's mane. Oh. Like, I bet that would be dope. Because it cooks yeah. up really well. Um, but let's like let's talk about this delicious little fuzzy friend. So the common names, lion's mane, bear's head, monkey's head, comb tooth, bearded tooth mushroom, satyr's beard, bearded hedgehog, pom-pom mushroom, and bearded tooth fungus. So I, I do have to say that like mushrooms have much cooler common names than a lot of plants. Like they're wild. Um, this one, though, it's native to North America, Europe, China, and Japan. And what does it look like? Okay, so if you haven't seen a lion's mane mushroom, um, technically, it's uh, Hericium arenaceus. It's like, it's described as a pale white to light beige tooth fungi. So it naturally grows on dying wood in like forests, um, other like clumps of trees. And it, it tends to grow in like a single clump of dangling spines that then form these round mushroom bodies. So like there are some close relatives like coral mushrooms and stuff. Um, but the big difference for those is that like the spines of lion's mane hang evenly in like a continuous clump instead of like br a branched structure. So like the, the clumps of spines are typically between like three to 12 inches broad and tall. And the mushroom body is denser and the spines are shorter when they're young, but they couldn't get like the, the spines could get even like more than a centimeter in length once they're mature. And lion's mane doesn't have a, a stipe or like what is what you think of as like a mushroom stalk. Lion's manes don't have those. And there's not a distinct cap quote unquote, and they always grow on wood. But this, the spore print of, uh, of the lion's mane, it, it's white. So, right, it, in particular, you're looking for, like, 
hardwood that's dying, things that are like dead oaks, walnuts, beeches, maples, even sycamores. Um, but you can you can even find it on like dying ash, hornbeam, and poplars. But like really, like the oak walnuts, those are the most common ones that you'll find it on. Um, there are like a lot of species that do resemble lion's mane and can be mistaken for lion's mane, but only lion's mane forms like the dense globe, like inverted egg shape that it grows in, but it's not necessarily symmetrical. These like close relatives are going to have much more like irregular shapes um, and they're like sparser or more spread out or have like an interrupted tooth arrangement. Um, and they can also differ in color, right? So these other species are going to be like a darker beige, browns, like maybe even orange. And, and these species, they're edible when cooked, but the Herisium arenaceus is actually the one that like tastes the best more than anything. So the good news is there aren't necessarily lion's mane doppelgangers that are going to try to kill you, but they're like not going to be as tasty. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's the, it, it's always weird describing fungus because there's like such technical ways to think about them, but it's actually really, really important if you want to forage to get to know what those terms mean, because that's how you can tell the difference between different types of mushrooms. Um, I also just have to say that the Japanese name for the lion's mane, uh, Yamabushitake means those who sleep in the mountains. And that name comes from a garment that um, the hermit monks of the Shugendo sect of Buddhism wear. And it's like kind of a billowy light robe type vibe. And that's like where their name for lion's mane comes from, which I think is super fun and had to throw that in there for you, Nicholas. So as far as uh, sustainability goes, um, for our English witches, it's considered rare and it's protected by the Wildlife and Countryside Act. Um, it has, like this mushroom's gained a lot of like widespread popularity in the last 10 years, but it's not extremely common to find in the wild. Um, the fruiting body produces spores. So like the mushroom, if allowed to reproduce, can come back on the same tree year after year. But if you're trying to wildcraft for it somewhere where it's not protective, like you really should let like one or even all of the fruiting bodies fully mature and just take like one at a time if there are several. That way it'll keep coming back because it's not one that's going to like spread all over the place. Um, and you're not going to find it in like huge numbers at a time. But it can be cultivated. And like one of the, this is one of those where I'm like, Foraging, if you can, great. But honestly, like, it's more conscientious to purchase it from, like, growers or to cultivate it yourself rather than wildcrafting just because it is so hard to find. It's not super common. It's not really widespread. Store-bought is actually better in this case, I would say. Um, and there's some, like, really great mushroom growers I know in the United States where you can get it. Um you know, I hate that Amazon bought Whole Foods, but Whole Foods, at least the one that I go to, does have some like really great like California and Oregon based mushroom producers that like they stock their mushrooms and the lion's manes that I see there from like specifically, usually I see them from like the Oregon cultivators always look gorgeous. But if you are 
going to harvest it yourself. This is one that it typically matures in like late summer or early fall. So it's like the wet weather and the chilly or chillier fall temperatures help encourage fruiting bodies. And then the fruiting bodies go from being like delicious and what they call choice for the market. Uh, it's like white, firm teeth, somewhat developed. Um, and then to very mature where it starts turning beige and gets a bit softer. Uh, and it's like the more mature fruiting bodies you can use as an herb and a food, but they're not as, they're not going to really stand up to like transporting. So those are like, if you harvest them and they're more mature, you kind of got to eat them and go. Um, but once the mushroom hits the point where it's like completely tan and dry and shriveled, like it's not really going to be good for eating at that point. So again, as with any wild mushroom, if you do forage it, you need to inspect it for insects because especially ones like lion's mane that have all those teeth, there are a lot of little hidey places for stuff to be in there that you maybe don't want to eat. Um, but you know, you can, once they're harvested, uh, you can actually store them for like several days in the fridge, um, or you can slice and dry them to use in the future, or you can make tinctures with them. So um, mushroom foraging is like really dope. Just, you have to kind of like be well-informed, know what you're looking for and live somewhere where mushrooms grow, which not all of us do. I'm like the mushrooms that grow near me are not edible, <laughs> but they're cute. So, you know, it, it's fine to buy mushrooms. Just don't feel like you have to forage them. Not everyone lives in the fucking Pacific Northwest. So that's that. Um, Herbal uses. Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. I'm not a doctor. Nick's not a doctor. This podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any illnesses. Please always talk to your medical care professionals before you start any herbal regimens. Don't take medical advice from podcasts. So a lot of the ways that like you see modern uses for this plant, um, they're really like informed by like traditional Chinese medicine and like Japanese folk medicine. So in terms of like the TCM perspective, the like quote that I, I've seen a lot says, um, the plant strengthens the stomach, regulates chi, tonifies the spleen, promotes digestion, calms the shen, and strengthens the brain. So GI support is like a big recurring theme, especially in TCM with this. And the great news is it's like mushrooms, I think number one are much more popular in traditional Chinese medicine than they have historically been in Western medicine. Willow has the zoomies up and down the stairs. I'm really sorry if y'all can hear that in the background. Um, so anyway, mushrooms are cool though for like GI issues because they're like really nutritive foods too. So it's not like a plant that you're just like eating just to make your stomach feel better. You can actually like your body is going to enjoy it for more than one reason. Um, so traditional uses basically are like, it has the potential to help repair and protect your GI tissue, particularly um, a lot of times you'll see it recommended for people with like stomach ulcers. And it's interesting that like Native Americans have been recorded as using like lion's mane as a styptic to help stop bleeding for like minor cuts and wounds. And I think that that's possibly like related basically to the idea that it's good for like stomach ulcers and like bleeding in the duodenum. So there's also a related species coral hedgehog that's been associated with bulk use for stomach ulcers and is the digestive tonic. Um, the coral hedgehog is like an American mushroom. There are also though like polysaccharides and peptides in lion's mane that help enhance your immune system. 
Um, there's been a lot of recent research into lion's mane's uh, inhibitory effects on cancers of the stomach and the esophagus. And there's actually a Japanese doctor, um, Dr. Mizuno, uh, Mizuno, sorry, who isolated a group of constituents in the mushroom that are actually really effective against liver cancer cells. So there, there are more and more like ongoing research studies about lion's mane's ability to help inhibit cancer. Um, but one of the, the big things there is it helps with like your immune function, right? Like a lot of immunomodulatory um, herbs and plants are the ones that end up getting research for cancer because it's really like helping your body help itself. So one of the other though, like big uses that you see for lion's mane, and I feel like this is the one, especially in the West that gets touted is like, it's good for your cognition, right? Like it's good for your brain. And one of the big traditional uses in addition to GI stuff is as like a longevity tonic because traditional Chinese medicine, Japanese folk medicine, they love longevity tonics. Clearly it works for them culturally because like we know that they're in those like blue zones where people live for a very, very long time. Um, But they have actually done some research on lion's mane to help with um, like people that have things like Alzheimer's, other forms of dementia. And it does seem like there's really like promising effects when they've done research studies. And something interesting is that like the structural characteristics of lion's mane are so small that it's able to like more easily pass through the blood brain barrier fully intact, which is something that a lot of things can't do. Um, but it does help like with, you know, memory cognition. And one of the main ways they think that works is because it helps actually support, um, like decrease depression and anxiety. So you want to talk about things that are bad for your brain, depression and anxiety, like (laughs) it's not good for you long-term. And so they did this study, uh, with like 30 to 40 year olds where there were 30 women who were all around like 40, 41, And the treatment groups either consumed like powdered lion's mane in four cookies for four weeks for a daily dose of like two grams of it or placebo cookies. And then ratings on like a standardized scale of concentration, irritation, anxiousness, palpitations, and other like symptoms of mood and like the physical symptoms related to mood problems. The people in the group taking lion's mane rated like significantly better. So it's really good for helping like calm the brain, help with anxiety, help with depression. So no wonder it's a longevity tonic. We also know that like when people are elderly, especially in the West, because we like don't take care of our elders uh, in general, isolation and depression and anxiety are very big problems. And now you have to have cultural support Hold on just a second. I got to go tell some kids to stop messing with some stuff. Hey, y'all don't mess with that cord, okay? It's attached to the light. Thank you. Sorry, there were kids like trying to like mess with my solar panel for my back porch lights. Can, um, I, just, can I just say you literally have like teacher voice. Oh, thank you. Like when you're like when you're speaking to children. Um, I mean, I have been working in an elementary school for almost a year now, so maybe I'm just picking it up. Um, 
Anyway, so it's good for anxiety. It's good for depression. Lion's mane is tasty. You can put it in food. You can put it in tinctures. The magical uses are all like really closely associated to like healing and like mind health inner peace. So monks and spiritual practitioners, um, one of the things that like has been recorded is essentially lion's mane can grant you the memory of a lion and nerves of steel. So I think that like magically it's like use it for helping enhance your psychic abilities, right? Like if you're able to bring about that sense of inner peace, I think any sort of psychic work, one of the things that gets the most in the way is like your own shit, right? It's like your own anxiety, second guessing yourself constantly. So I love the idea of like having, you know, tea with you while you're doing like meditations and psychic works, pop some lion's mane tincture in that. Um, Y'all also know I'm like drinking it right now. This is like my morning tincture blend. I have bacopa and motherwort and chamomile because my digestive system has been messed up because I'm, you know, uh, constantly stressed. But add some like lion's mane tincture into like your morning bevies. Like I love making my morning, uh, Eric calls them my concoctions, Uh, (laughs) but they're like my, my herbal tincture blends that I put in with like coffee or tea, whatever I'm drinking in the morning. And I find it's like a really nice way to kind of get centered and kick the day off magically. It feels good to work with plants first thing in the morning. Um, But yeah, when you need to find some like inner peace, get a nice cup of chamomile tea, put some lion's mane tincture in it. Or like, honestly, at the end of the day, like do some kitchen magic. Like, well, and that's, that's the cool thing about this one, because it is one of those things where it's like, it has real medical and magical benefits yeah but it's also tasty oh my god isn't that great like Like, we don't always get that y'all as someone i'm literally drinking a bacopa tincture as an herbalist i cannot drink bacopa tea because it is so bitter i can't well and it's it's also i mean with with a lot of the herbs and stuff you wouldn't eat a salad made of lemon balm no, you wouldn't eat nettles, stinging nettles in no. a salad. Like, so it's so off. it's like so it's like we're we're not always we're not always getting dinner out of it. But yeah, with this but one, you can. But with this one, you can get dinner out of it. And you can make a great dinner for your vegan friends. And how nice is that? That that is, I, I, and yeah, I mean, I've eaten some lion's mane dishes, and I'm a, I'm a fan. It's dope. So I used a bunch of websites today, primarily like the herbarium. Um, there are a few like different uh, vendors who sell lion's mane that had a lot to say about what monks thought about them, which was funny because I'm like 99% of this I'm sure is bullshit. Uh, because you know how in the West we love to talk about what monks like as if they're somehow an authority on things. And it's like, <laughs> they're just dudes. They're dudes in the mountains, but they're just dudes. They're dudes in the mountains. In the mountains. So they're smart, but like, you know, I don't know. There's this weird reverence for Buddhist monks in the West. And I'm like, mad respect, but like, they're they're not like deities. Like that right. is, it's weird to treat them as like, end all be all. Like, well, if it's good enough for the monks. It's like, yeah, well, I also don't want to wear billowy garments and like give up all my material possessions. So. Oh, you know what though? It's the billowy garments for me. Like... I mean, yes, but I'm also like, what am I going to do without leggings and a baggy sweatshirt? (laughs) That's fair. 
that is the the Shannon way. As I'm wearing my Totoro sweatshirt over like, I'm literally right now, hilariously enough, wearing like um a one piece like jumper of essentially leggings material under a Totoro sweater. So, you know, that's my life. Um, but yeah, that's Lion's Mane. I mean, it's like kind of sweet and short. I think with mushrooms, it's like, there's less, I feel like, focus on the magical benefits of mushrooms, but like, let's change that. I love yeah. mushrooms and not just magical mushrooms. Like, you know, you don't have to trip balls on mushrooms to like work with them for magic. Exactly, exactly, y'all. But also, I would say there is something that's just very like hoppity about mushrooms, and there's always cool folklore around it. Oh, and, yeah, you know, it's just like it's there, like all the elements are there. Yeah, it's super, um, super fun, and like there's just something so fucking magical about the way mushrooms grow. Oh, yeah. No doubt, no doubt. Anyway, but yeah, so it's well, Lion's Mane. <laughs> well, um, do we want to do little baby, little baby asks before I talk about Gemini or? Yeah, rate, review, subscribe, y'all. Um, thanks for hanging with us while we go bi-weekly for the summer. I think it's going to be good for us and hopefully it'll be good for the listeners. Hey, it is, it is Pride Month and we have Bi-Pride. Yeah, buy pride for life. Uh, <laughs> promote buy visibility. We're not buy now, gay later, or just hetero people in disguise. Uh, we're here, we're queer, we're hiding in plain sight. And we record uh, every other week. And we record every other week. And if you're mad about it, that's a hate crime. So, mm -hmm. so. <laughs> we don't make the rules. Sorry. Well, also, I'm working 11 days in a row because I'm literally going to Japan in, like, 11 weeks, so. Yeah, I hit double time pay multiple times in my last pay period because I've been working such long hours. We're tired, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but all of that to say, all right, so I, I do feel that there's a, a certain amount of appropriateness to recording Gemini. Um you know, a little bit hungover from the wine last night. That feels uh, correct. A little bit hungover from the wine last night, you know, maybe I got into my poppers, maybe I didn't, but I'm feeling a little unhinged, and I think that's very Gemini, so. It is, it is. And I do have I, my- I love Gemini. I do have, I, I have my little beverage that's just for fun. Um, Ooh. You're for fun, baby. I added I added some chocolate cold brew to my coffee this morning with my regular cold brew. So I'm like having a, a, a homemade mocha. Love that. Years. Okay, but actually before we talk about Gemini, we're going to talk about drinks. Because I just bought the biggest bag of just raw hibiscus. Um, and I'm working on a sun tea blend. Ooh. Yum. Um, so let me know if you have any ideas for what would be good in that. I mean, you know, I love lemon balm and a sun tea. Yeah, I I, I think it's got to be something citrusy. Because I'm like, I think I want something citrusy and then some mint. I like that. Because the hydrangea. You know, if you're doing hydrangea, though, something that might be fun is like a more mild minty flavor. Like you could almost do like a catnip. 
like a fresh catnip in there? Oh, sure. Well, no, I want it to be pretty minty because honestly, it's like the tartness of the hibiscus. Um, I think would would drown out anyway. But we're talking about Gemini's, and I actually up top, we're gonna start with the bad news. All right, so Gemini's are responsible for both Donald Trump and Jeffrey Dahmer. I think isn't Gemini one of the more common serial killer signs? It too? is. It is. Um, so Son of Sam. Uh also was a Gemini. And isn't he the one who said that the dog, like a dog told him to murder people? I think that's the one. I do believe that's yeah. the one. I've been like rusty on my true crime stuff. Uh, but yeah, I'm like, that is a very big Gemini mood. But yeah, there, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of, of serial killers around the world that are Geminis. It's, it's like yeah. the second most common one after Sagittarius, apparently. Weirdly enough, Gemini's sister sign. What is going on along that axis? And I have to say, that axis, uh, Nick and I, our midheavens and our ICs are sister signs in Sagittarius and Gemini. So it cuts through the middle of our charts. Truly, truly. Um, speaking of being unhinged. Speaking um, of being unhinged. But <laughs> also, okay... You know, Gemini, though. Let's get into it. So the other Mercury sign, uh, the other one being Virgo, but they're the air Mercury sign. And I think Gemini is what I imagine an air sign is. Yeah. And I think that when you think about Mercury in it, it's like Gemini, I think, embodies the the part of Mercury that doesn't fucking stay still in the sky. <laughs> Right. Which is like both their strength and the thing that I think as a Virgo, I've talked about this. My theory is that people that have like people who are, who's like, who's one of their big three is ruled by a planet with another sign. In my experience, sometimes tend to like struggle in relationships with people in the other sign represented by that planet. So like, I know I struggle with Gemini's, and when I've done my deep research, I like an inner work. I really think it's because like the way that the mercurialness of them is so different than my mm -hmm. mercurial representation. It feels like clashy. It, it, well, it They're very different. They're very yeah. different. I, I honestly think, you know, earth really, I mean, obviously, you know, cliche but it's very it's a very grounding influence on mercury which is very chaotic yeah uh yeah so but you know when you get that chaos and then the air there's nothing holding them back and yeah, I, it feels like it's a much more external representation of that chaos with gemini as opposed to the more internal chaos with virgos <laughs> well and and you know gemini is um ruler of the throat chakra which is why they will not shut the fuck up um but no it's truly it's like they are they're living that mercury lifestyle yeah uh no filter i think that i think virgo had virgo like is very filtered 
and very measured with how they interact with the world. But like Gemini, it is stream of consciousness. It is another famous Gemini, Kanye West. It's Kanye West's Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's the most Gemini shit there is. Like Kanye West Twitter. Any Gemini's Twitter. Any Gemini's Twitter. Fucking Donald Trump's Twitter was in that batshit insane. And contradict that with someone like Beyonce, who's like notoriously private, but a Virgo. Right, right, right. It is Um, like the extremes of it. It's truly the extremes. Well, and here's, you know, one thing I did want to say in this segment that I think really is so Gemini is that Gemini does have this mercurial power to take on everything you're saying without passing some sort of moralistic judgment on it, which is where I think the Virgo comes in. Um, Because if we really want to dive into it, you know, uh, because we talked about this a bit with Aries and Taurus, where it's kind of like, what do I see as like their strength in the community? I think Geminis are like mediators. And that's like what I see them as. Because they're able to blend in with so many different kinds of people. Um, you know, almost kind of like neutral ground. Like, you know, you could... I And, you know, it's like I know Geminis do rub some people the wrong way. And, like, myself included. But it is it is very, like... They would, they would make great mediators because they're not passing this mor- moral judgment. Yeah, and I feel like... Gemini also has this like very kind of jack of all trades in in a good mm-hmm. way type vibe, right? It's like very like varied interests. They don't necessarily dig down deep in one thing, which is okay though. It's like it's that's what makes I think Gemini sometimes a very creative sign as well because they're people that kind of like get really interested in something for a bit and then they kind of jump. It's almost like a bit ADHD, but I I think that in some ways that can be like a really cool, a really cool like creative outlet for them. Well, and, and there's a lot, you know? there's a lot of great Gemini actors. And I feel like if any job is kind of doing every job, it's acting like. Oh yeah. And it's, it's great. Like, I think that, I really am jealous of some of the ways that like Gemini does have that ability to, to kind of like do a little bit of everything and be a bit more like uninhibited with it than some people. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like really some acting greats like Morgan Freeman, Gemini, freaking uh, you know, for the Marvel fans out there, uh, you know, Chris Evans and Tom Holland. Yeah, I mean, Killian Murphy. Yeah, Johnny Depp and Natalie Portman, Gemini's. Uh, Miss Angelina Jolie, absolutely a Gemini. Um, Colin Farrell. Also, a lot of great singers on here. Idina Menzel. Gotta love her. Uh, Bob Dylan. You that know, makes sense to me. Prince, Ooh. Paul McCartney. Y'all got some heavy hitters, Gemini. Fucking Kendrick Lamar. 
but and then they're such like these are people that aren't just musicians they're also like very um like groundbreaking they're like genre defying or genre defining artists yeah yeah and i think again like that creative seed there with that ability to like move quickly process a lot of ideas i mean look at the fucking discography of bob dylan and that's gemini and that's like and that's on gemini it's like decades and decades and decades and decades of music that spans all over the fucking place. Like, but he's great at it. Truly. Well, and here's something else we have. To, we have to talk about the horniness of Geminides. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they're horny people. Because Marilyn Monroe and JFK were both Geminides. Are uh, two sex symbols on opposite ends of the spectrum? Uh-huh. Very much so. Uh, and, you know, rocking the literal world when they had their affair. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, I think Marilyn Monroe being a sex symbol and not liking it in, in many ways is very Gemini. It's like, the begrudging sex symbol. The be- the begrudging sex symbol. Um, it's like Killian Murphy being confused as to why people have a crush on him. It's like, are you kidding me? Are you have you have you seen a mirror? Yeah, but it is like that's such a Gemini thing. Like, I love it. I do love that about them. No, because it's kind of like, oh, little old me. Ooh, who me? <laughs> Um, you know, it's so funny because I'm like reading this list and <laughs> one of the top Google searches about Gemini is why are there so many famous Geminis? Um, which we love. It's because they're creative and beautiful. It's and, because it's because they're creative. And sometimes we hate them for it. And that's okay. <laughs> Ian McKellen. For fuck's sake, Ian McKellen. Yeah. I'm like, okay, we get it, Geminis. We, we get it. it. We get it. We get it. Um, but no, I do feel like there, there is, there is glamour to Gemini's, but they are, they are horny people and no offense, but especially Gemini men. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to say, I've never met a Gemini man that I could like be actual long-term friends with. I've tried. Uh, it is a challenge. Well, it's and it's you know it's just one of those things where it's like love them love the energy you know my mom's a gemini right yeah um i have to say gemini's i think are some of the biggest flirts that i've ever met they tend to be very like they're the people that are super flirty but don't necessarily think of themselves as flirty don't think of themselves as flirty but will act on it because yeah. okay and here, here's the tea. Here's the tea. This is this is our podcast. These are hot takes. But I have known a lot of Gemini's who cheat. Yeah. Known yeah. a lot of Gemini's who cheat. Um, and I don't know what that is about. Okay. But it's one of those things where it's like, like, sorry that it's true, but... I think that's why we should talk about it. 
I mean, speaking of JFK. I truly, truly. Uh, no, because it's like the, the mind games of it all. And that goes back to Mercury. The mind games of it all, like everything has to be a gamified for Gemini's, like, which is, it's, it's kind of toxic. I mean, I'm not saying all Gemini's are toxic, and I'm not even saying all Gemini's exhibit these traits, but Gemini's... But it's be the shadow side to Gemini. But, but Gemini, Gemini cheats, or, or at the very least has trouble controlling their wandering eye. Yeah, it moves too fast. They can't catch it in time to control it. Which is one of those things where it's like, you know, they y'all should stop living up to that particular hype. Um, be good for your reputations, even. But no, I like I I do love that air quality though. You know, it's like Gemini's are fun to hang out with. Gemini's are absolutely fun to hang out with. They're exhausting for me. I find that I, I can appreciate Gemini's in small doses, but again, it's that very like earthy side of me. But then I feel like the fiery side of me sometimes, like, it's that, like, it gets the most fucking frustrated I have been with people has been with a couple of Geminis I know, where I'm like, if I could set you on fire with my eyes right now, I fucking would. Oh, sure, sure, sure. But, um... <laughs> because when they're great, they're great. And when they're not, Jesus Christ, they don't stop not being. <laughs> no, well, and then it's all about the duality, right? Yeah. Yeah, you don't know. It's like, it's it's great because they're like a strong, well-adjusted Gemini, I think is, has like a beautiful complexity to them. Mm, mm -hmm. But a Gemini that still needs therapy doesn't know what they want. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, look, I just look at Angelina Jolie's life, right? Yeah. That's some big fucking Gemini energy right there. Yeah. Um, Who, no, like, what other sign is going to fucking, like, make out with their brother on a red carpet? Uh, truly. Yeah, that's absolutely some some unhinged Gemini shit. Yeah. They're but wonderful like, and scary. Wonderful and scary. Yeah, it's like wearing the vial of Billy Bob Thornton's blood. That's a Gemini move. That's absolutely. People, people would be like, oh, that's Scorpio. I'm like, no, no, no. No, that level of unhinged is Gemini. Scorpios like to think they're more unhinged than they are. There aren't uh, a lot of Scorpio serial killers. I'm so sorry, y'all. No, because Scorpio goes home and turns into Taurus. Yeah. They, like, take off their goth makeup and they become a Taurus. Yeah, and it's fine. We love that about you, but you're not the scary ones. It's like, sure, <laughs> you, like... You come about during spooky season, but like Gemini's scare me. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yeah, the real, the the real spooky season is uh... is Gemini season. And I think it's like when you think about the weather too. There is that thing. I read this like great psychology article when I was in college about also the like nature versus nurture. Looking at the nature theory of like this evolution of like astrological signs and thinking about like the way that like your first year of life is experienced gemini is one of those like signs where you're born on this like 
period of really crazy tumultuous change like what season do we have the most like crazy fucking storms and weather events and like tornadoes and like spring terrible thunderstorms and weird hot and cold snaps it's like the weather alone in june is all over the place i i actually think that's such a valid point too because it's literally like last cold snap of the year first hundred degree day like maybe a tornado maybe, maybe a tornado a hailstorm it's like can you imagine if you're born and that's just what you think the world is like that level of chaos mm -hmm. like no wonder <laughs> yeah no um but yeah no i definitely i do i see gemini's very much as like uh mediators in the community i feel like they're good improvisers oh yeah there, I'm like, if I was going to get pulled over by a cop with a bunch of drugs in my car, I'd like to have a Gemini on my team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you want you want a Gemini on your defense team. Yeah, um, 100%. And, and Nick, like, I would love for you to maybe talk a little bit about having, like, Gemini as your midheaven. Because I think midheaven is, like, a part of your chart that people sleep on. But oh. some people call it your destiny line. Well, I do, I do kind of feel that in, you know, in my life of like, wanting to do a little bit of everything. Um, you know, it's like, I want to travel, but you know, it's, it's great. It's, it's having a million very, very niche interests. Not that traveling is a niche interest, but like, nothing really adds up to like um one thing i i love that i but and i think it makes sense right because it's like the way that i love the way chani actually describes so for me because our our midheaven icy lines are like in opposition basically gemini is like the basement of my chart and <laughs> The way she describes it, I love it. It's like, with the IC and Gemini, your root cellar is packed with books, papers, filing cabinets, and maybe a rotary dial telephone. And I see that in your midheaven, and I see that in my, like, root cellar. And I feel like that's kind of, like, the wonderful thing about Gemini, right? It's, like, these varied interests being able to be really smart in a lot of areas, too. Like, and it can be used for good or evil. You know, you could it be some yeah but exactly you could also like help start the idea of like fucking the civil rights act like thanks lbj for actually making that happen because jfk was a wonderful orator orator horrible politician he didn't know how to fucking work the system but he had great ideas and he inspired a nation for better or for worse and he also managed to be like one of the first big catholic presidents like you know, that was a huge deal at the time because people are like, oh, is he going to serve the U.S. or is he going to serve the Pope? Despite the fact that now everyone's like, oh, whatever, you love Jesus? Cool. Um, but I think that is like the beauty of Gemini is like, again, it's like this ability to be so good at a bunch of stuff, too. Yeah, no, and I, I do feel like that's the Gemini spirit of like, you know, of having Gemini on my midheaven. Well, because it's like working in the service industry too. It's like 
uh, especially as I've been bartending more, it's like, you know, because you're a therapist, right? But you're yeah. also, like, fixing the dishwasher and shit. And you're also, like, memorizing cocktails and, like, where the different wines and stuff come from. And also, you're, like, being cute. Yeah. Like, it's a lot. It's a, lo it's a like, lot of pressure, but you do it flawlessly. But also, you know, it's, like, really any service industry job is, like, 20 different jobs. It like, j just depends on the fucking day. Yeah. yeah. But everyone's got to eat, so you do end up talking to literally everyone. And that feels very Gemini. Yeah. I mean, it is, like, Gemini with, like, Mercury as the messenger. I feel like Gemini is much more communicative mm -hmm. than the other Mercury sign, Virgo. Um, I think that that's one of the things, like, again, I know we've talked about JFK a lot, but I think about his, like, talents as an orator. And I think a lot of that is still his Gemini, right? Because it's, like, he wasn't necessarily good at making stuff happen. But he, but was he could talk you into it. He could talk you into it. Exactly. And I think that's the thing that makes them such great actors, right? Is like they can be so convincing. It's like a Gemini is like a great hype man. Absolutely. Well, and you know, to bring it back, you know, Queen Victoria was a Gemini. That tracks. You know, just and now everyone talks about the Victorian era. It's such a famous era. Yeah. I mean, the Victorian era, it's like you even get old Victorian houses as like a thing that people know about in the US, even though Queen Victoria was clearly not. Yeah, we don't have a queen here. We don't have a queen, but we have Victorian era things. But we have we Victorian have things, era things, yeah. Which, I mean, it's like that I think is pretty indicative of her influence. Yeah, you know, if like other countries are like marking their eras around your reign. <laughs> Kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. Um, Just like Geminis. Geminis are kind of a big deal. Geminis and, are and kind of a big deal. That's, I think, why they're so scary sometimes. Because it's like, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. And yeah. some of them become JFK. And some of them become Son of Sam. And some, so, of them and some of them become Donald J. Trump. And fuck him forever but oh my god how many, I, fucking, how many charges are going against him right now because no uh, it's so it's so great but i'm sorry it's like if taurus has to take credit for hitler gemini's got to own donald trump that's true i mean again there's always a shadow side that's y'all that's, that's your shadow side that's y'all that's your man so out and off fucking constantly the word vomit that never ends the 4am tweets yeah gemini although you know okay uh, love him or hopefully hate him but donald trump's tweets are a plus 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 tweets oh yeah because they're so unhinged like him calling ron DeSantis. um first of all ron DeSanctimonious. One of my favorites. I do and have to also uh Meatball Ron. <laughs> Meatball Ron is like such a like fucking petty schoolyard nickname. It's like, what the hell is this? Why is it so funny? And also, if someone called me Meatball Nick, 
I would be like, okay, you know, is like, that all right? I mean, weird, but I'll it's go. Like, with I'm it. not, I'm not like especially offended by it, you know. No, it's like it's like a goofy insult. But okay, so um, I do have a hard out here in a minute. So I did, I drew two cards for Gemini. Oh, that makes sense. Doesn't that make sense? I love so, that. Um, I have, I also like cut the deck and I saw these two cards and I was like, that's, that's the pull. Yeah. That's the pull. So I have the chariot. Very Gemini mood. Very Gemini mood. Um, followed by the page of coins. Ooh. Um, which would be, you know, the page of pinnacles in other decks. You know, it really depends on which one, doesn't it? Um, but so this, I think, is a sign. It's good, you know, it's good news. It's basically like you're obviously like a financial or career opportunity, and it's kind of saying go for it. Yeah, I which like I. That. Which I love for y'all during your season. Like, that's... Lean into the chaos that is you. Like, lean into the chaos that is you. Uh, and, you know, it's going to be fruitful for you. Which is, you know, it's so nice. It's probably so nice to, like, have that energy during your season. I think so. Like, I, I will say this year my season was a little bit meh. But, um... You know, it was like it wasn't bad, but you know, I wasn't, I, I wasn't having chariot vibes for fuck's sake. Yeah, but also I do like, I do love this um chariot card though, which is kind of giving me extra Gemini vibes because it's the dragon tarot and it's like two dragons pulling a dragon. Yeah, and it's yeah. like the duality of like you know, it's sort of like goofy and pluto and disney it's like this this dog's a person but this dog's a dog yeah like gemini are you the one in the chariot or the one pulling the chariot or are you both (laughs) somehow both you know i love it i love it um so what do we say to all our you know coin flip two-faced gemini bitches To all you two-faced, but still so talented bitches. Blessed be, bitches. Blessed be, bitches. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye now. I know it's such a teeny injury, but there's so many nerves in the tip of your finger. I would not call it a teeny injury when you chop off a bit of yourself no matter where <laughs> <laughs>